Tolerance. Tolerance. There is a new definition that has crept in. So when we say tolerance, many, especially young people, are thinking this. The new tolerance teaches that all values, beliefs, lifestyles, and truth claims are equally true and valid and should not be judged or critiqued or criticized. Welcome to Evidence and Answers with Christian author and speaker, Pat Zuckerman. Be ready to take notes as we'll hear Dr. Zuckerman before a live audience teaching on this crucial topic. And when you get a chance, check out the multitude of resources available at evidenceandanswers.org. Pat's books, articles, and past shows are available on that very informative website. Everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism is at your fingertips to equip and educate you concerning life's great questions. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Go there today. Well, our topic tonight is the whole idea of tolerance. Several years ago, a campus leader was preaching that truth is relative and that all worldviews are equal and valid and true and none should be criticized, that all beliefs are equally valid and true and none should be criticized at all. We have no right to call one religion right and one wrong, or one that has true ideas and one that has false ideas. Then 9-11 happened. And what was he going to say after what happened on 9-11? Who's to say that what those terrorists did today was wrong. That's the culture they grew up in. That's the beliefs that they have been taught all their lives. Right? That America is the great Satan. And if you read the Quran, Surah of the Sword, chapter 9, and others, right, it teaches that those who do not believe, right, that you are to slay the unbelievers, lie in wait wherever they may be. Right? And jihad, or a military war, right, is a valid way to spread Islam. And they are simply living out the faith upon which they grew up. Now, his message is quite disappointing, but it represents the confusion that is out there in regards to our definition of truth and also our understanding in this whole area of tolerance. Tolerance is built on the idea of truth. And remember, as we study today, the vast majority of the culture believes that truth is relative. Now, the value of tolerance... And you'll see why I'm making this point now, because it's pretty important as I, we go through this. The value of tolerance is not to be seen in isolation all by itself. It's part of an ethical system. Right? It's part of a system that identifies truth, that identifies justice, right from wrong. Right? These all go hand in hand together. And you can't talk about tolerance in isolation all by itself. Okay? I'll tell you why that's important later on as we go. But what you're seeing in our culture today, because we're confused about our understanding of truth, there's a great confusion in this whole area of tolerance. And a false understanding of tolerance can lead to some seriously dangerous consequences. George Bonner, Christian sociologist, wrote this regarding this whole idea of tolerance. Without any insight into the backwards and dangerous philosophy that they have unwittingly accepted, teenagers are facing a rapidly changing world armed with a worldview that places them at the center lifts up personal experience and emotion as the arbiter of decency and righteousness, and rejects historical experience as relevant to today's world. It will ultimately undermine the capacity of America to be a beacon of goodness, sanity, morality, and purposeful faith. Historians have studied in many civilizations. I think Nelson Black wrote a good book called When Nations Die. And as he studied all nations, 
the rise and fall of great civilizations, they all make very similar conclusions. That great civilizations usually die from within first. They are not conquered by an outside force. As the morals and ethics of the society continues to break down, it crumbles from within as they accept and buy in to false ideas. And that's the same with the church. Okay? The witness of the church will eventually crumble if they buy in to the false ideas of the culture that is out there. Dallas Willard, chairman of philosophy at the University of Southern California, states this regarding this whole idea of moral relativism. We have a long tradition of political and religious, religious tolerance in our country. It is true that perhaps it has not always been lived up to, but we have that tradition. But that idea of tolerance is based upon the idea that tolerance is good. It was based upon the idea that there is moral truth, that there is a right and wrong way to treat people, and in the absence of that tolerance itself is without foundation. The only basis of tolerance is truth. Tolerance has suffered a great deal recently in our religious and political and educational arenas, and tolerance, because truth has been pulled away from it, has slipped over into the idea that everything is equally right. No longer is tolerance a matter of saying, I disagree with you and I believe you are wrong, but I accept you and I extend to you the right to be wrong. That's not enough. We're now in a situation where everyone must be equally right, where you cannot say that people are wrong and still claim to love them. We used to say humorously, love me, love my dog. Now, in fact, we say, and entirely without humor, love me, love my opinion, love my views. And this is humanly disastrous. There are dangerous consequences when we accept false ideas. I mean, this whole idea of the new tolerance, this new definition that has suddenly swept in and has seduced many can lead to some very dangerous consequences. Right? Now, let me give you the two definitions of tolerance that are out there. I mean, the traditional view of tolerance, the one that has been taught for centuries, is this. According to Webster's Dictionary, Tolerance is to recognize and respect others' beliefs and practices without sharing them. In other words, tolerance values and respects and accepts the individual without approving of or participating in his or her beliefs and behaviors. Tolerance is practiced when? When you disagree. It is practiced when you believe the other person is wrong or false in his beliefs. But instead of persecuting someone who may disagree with you. We agree to disagree and we respect one another's position, but we're willing to debate the issue and critique one another's point of view and use the power of compelling evidence and reason to persuade the other person to our position. Right? But that's the traditional view of tolerance and this view, this definition of tolerance is rooted in biblical teaching. It's modeled in the life of Christ in the Old and New Testament, and in the life of the Apostles. For example, Paul stated in Galatians chapter 6, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us, do, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Romans 12, Paul states, Live in harmony with one another, if it is possible. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. In the Old Testament, the Bible taught believers, the people of Israel, that Aliens, foreigners who come, okay, to be a part of your community. He says you are to treat them equally okay, as a native born. Okay, so the Bible taught this traditional form of tolerance. In fact, Jesus 
made some radical statements regarding accepting and respecting one another. Jesus taught radical lessons on accepting others into the kingdom of God and that he had come to save all mankind, that the gospel would be preached to all the world, that the gospel was open to everyone. In John chapter 4, if you know that story, they're going through the city of Samaria. And you talk about racial discrimination. If you travel to Israel today, okay, there's still racial discrimination there between the Palestinian and the Jews and the Lebanese and uh, even the Jordanian Christians and, uh, and Jewish Christians. There's, there's racial tension all over the place out there. It's still there. Okay? And it was there in Jesus' time. And in John chapter 4, he's going through the city of Samaria. And the Samaritans were despised by the Jews. And sitting by a well, a lady comes. And we know that she had been involved in a sinful lifestyle. Jesus knew that. And she comes to draw water. And Jesus begins the conversation with her. And in love, he reaches out to her. So much so, the disciples come. And they see him speaking with this lady. And they are surprised. They're wondering, why is he speaking to her? Right? Because Jews and Samaritans you know, hate one another. Yet here's Jesus reaching out to this Samaritan woman. Reaching out in love. Explaining to her. Where her theology was incorrect, correcting false beliefs, pointing out her sinful lifestyle, and presenting to her the message of eternal life, presenting her the truth of the gospel. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus tells the famous story that is known all over the world. Anywhere in the world you go, and you say, the Good Samaritan, or you're a Good Samaritan, people know what you're talking about. One of the most famous stories, the Good Samaritan, who is the hero of this story that Jesus points out? A Samaritan. So Jesus taught on accepting one another. He reached out to those who were outside his community. And Jesus taught his radical views of loving your enemies, even those who persecute you. Jesus said, you've heard that he said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be the sons of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that. So Jesus Christ and the, throughout the Gospels and the New Testament taught to reach out to those who were even rejected by the society. Those who were weak and those who were rejected, Jesus reached out to. It says in Matthew chapter 8 that he reached out and touched and healed the lepers. 1 Peter 3, 7. You know, Peter taught that women are to be treated as equals. Right? He says as co-heirs in Christ. Right? We have different roles ordained by God, but in nature we are equal. And he calls men and women. Okay? He tells the men, treat them as sisters, as co-heirs in Christ. Okay? Now, though Jesus and the apostles, okay, they demonstrated love, they demonstrated tolerance, they spoke out against false teaching. They did not tolerate false teaching. They did not tolerate unjust treatment of people. You look in John chapter 2. The religious society was using the temple to make money, especially against the Gentiles, those who are non-Jews. And what Jesus do? He saw that injustice and he, he did something radical. He overturned the tables in the temple. Galatians chapter 1. Paul says, if any man or even an angel comes and preaches a gospel other than the one that I have preached, may he be eternally condemned. And when it comes to truth, especially eternal truth regarding salvation, Paul said there cannot be a compromise. They were not going to tolerate false teaching 
and injustice. Now, that's the traditional teaching of tolerance. There is a new definition that has crept in. So when we say tolerance, many, especially young people, are thinking this. The new tolerance teaches that all values, beliefs, lifestyles, and truth claims are equally true and valid and should not be judged or critiqued or criticized. That's the new tolerance we're talking about here. So when you talk about tolerance or intolerance, this is the definition that the majority of the culture are understanding here. That all values, beliefs, lifestyles, and truth claims are equally true and should not be judged as right or wrong or true or false. Now, surveys have shown that in the culture, nearly four out of five persons from ages 18 to 35 believe or hold to the new definition of tolerance, the new tolerance. And nearly 60% of teens in Bible-believing evangelical churches do not believe in ethical absolutes. And they're bought in to this whole new idea, this new definition of tolerance. Now, you can see the dangers in this position. Are all views equally valid and true? Should we accept all lifestyles and religious beliefs as equally valid and true? Should we? There are some Muslim communities that have polygamous marriages and believe, according to the Quran, chapter 4, that it is okay to beat your wife. Is that right? Is that something that we should tolerate? Also in these communities, uh, parts of the female organs are mutilated so that they won't have pleasure in their sexual experience and that is supposed to keep them faithful at home, faithful to the men, and keep them from wandering into uh, having relationships or attraction to other men. Okay, so this mutilation of women's body parts, yeah, allowance okay, to beat women in these polygamous kinds of marriages, should we tolerate that? Should we say, well, that's equally valid and true? Should we tolerate the beliefs of the Taliban okay, that says anyone who does not buy in to uh, Islam is part of the house of war okay, and it's just for us to wage military war against even non-combatants. Should we tolerate those views as equally valid and true? Now, there are several reasons why okay, the new tolerance fails. Okay? There are several reasons why. First of all, truth finds its origin not in man, but in God, whose very nature is truth. Now, the new tolerance and moral relativism is built on the idea that truth finds its source in man. And therefore, right and wrong finds its source in man as well. Man is the measure of right and wrong. Okay? Now, if man is the measure, we end up with a ethical, we end up with ethical relativism. And who's to say one culture's values or beliefs are true and another's is false? Who's to say? It comes down pretty much to might makes right. But our ethics, right and wrong, are derived from God's law. There is a God who exists. He has told us what is right and what is wrong. He has given us an understanding of truth that is absolute and a system of right and wrong, a system of ethics that defines right and wrong, principles which we can live by that apply to all cultures. Ethics and truth originate or find their source in God. His very nature is truth. 
Who is just? Who is good? Who is loving? Who has established and has given to us an understanding and a system of right and wrong? Ethical relativism, or the new tolerance, would be true if God does not exist. Hey, but all the evidence shows that God does indeed exist and has established, given us his divinely inspired word that has laid out a system of right and wrong. Number two, okay, the new tolerance is just like relativity of truth. It's self-defeating. It is self-defeating. How so? Well, if right and wrong are relative, there really is no standard by which we can judge an idea or lifestyle as true or false, or right or wrong. Right? There really is no basis upon which you can make a distinction whether it's true or it's false. How do you know a line is crooked unless there is a straight line by which to compare it to? Therefore, if there really is no standard of right and wrong, we have no ability to judge between right and wrong, then we must tolerate all beliefs and lifestyles, even the most reprehensible conduct. Therefore, it leads to premise three, that we must tolerate those who are intolerant. And we should tolerate their lifestyle as well, right? as equally valid and true. And those who want to wipe out tolerance, right? we need to tolerate their position as well. You get it? Eventually, right? implodes upon itself. The new tolerance, therefore, we can see is self-defeating. Right? And any society holding to that, in the end, is going to crumble. Third, all values and beliefs are not equally valid and true. Some are true and some are false. The values of the KKK okay, that teach racial discrimination, okay, should those be upheld as true? No, we would all understand that racial discrimination goes against God's teaching that all human life is created in the image of God and valuable. Their beliefs are false. And they should not be tolerated. We should challenge that kind of belief. We should not say it's equally valid and true. Next, there are ethical absolutes. Uh, C.S. Lewis, in his book, The Abolition of Man, he writes in there that all men in every culture around the world acknowledge an absolute right and wrong. Why is that? Well, Romans 2 makes that very clear. That within each one of us, we're created in the image of God. And written upon our hearts is what? The conscience, the moral guide that we each have, telling us what's right and what's wrong. We all know. How do you know? Well, you've got that moral, ethical code, Romans chapter 2, is written on your heart. If someone came and began raping one of your daughters. Okay? Should you tolerate that? Should you say, well, you know, that's part of his belief system. He thinks it's okay. I should tolerate it. No, that's something you should not tolerate. Okay? That is wrong. In fact, you would be reprimanded if you stood by okay, and watched that happen and did nothing. Now, I was speaking uh, to a Chinese student from China uh, on a university campus here and he was going through and, and talking about how Truth is relative, everything is relative, I mean, and when it came to moral and et morals and ethics, that it was all relative, that uh, all beliefs are equally valid and true, we should tolerate all beliefs and practices and lifestyles on and on. So I looked at him and I said, okay, I said, Nazi Germany, 
what Hitler did. Was that right? And he said, well, if Hitler believed it was right, then for him it was right. Who are we to judge? Not, do not judge. That's who to judge. And I said, oh, really? I said, okay. I said, Joseph Stalin killed over 12 million people. And he said, well, Stalin and Russia thought it was right then. And it was right. Who are we to judge? And I said, oh, okay. And at this time, the riots in China were happening because the Japanese in their history books did not put down did not even mention what happened in Manchuria, you know, what the Japanese did to the Chinese in Manchuria. And so I said, what the Japanese did in Manchuria, and the raping of women, the killing of thousands of Chinese, the experimenting on these innocent Chinese civilians, what happened there? Was that right? And that guy nearly hit the roof, you know. He said, no, that was wrong. How dare anybody do that? Ah. And you know what? These guys didn't even put it in their history textbook. Ah. And I said, whoa, 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 hang on. I said, I thought all ethics were relative. I thought we should tolerate all beliefs and all lifestyles. And he thought about it for a moment. And he said, well, well, uh, you know, in this instance, it was wrong. And I said, well, why only in this instance? Okay, why not what happened in Nazi Germany? Why not what happened uh, in Russia? You know, then he thought about it for a while, and then we could see the wheels turning, and you could see the inconsistency of his position. And I said, I said, are all beliefs equally valid and true? And he said, well, these were just a bunch of renegade Japanese. And I said, no one wasn't. No one wasn't. I said, Imperial Japan like Nazi Germany. Imperial Japan believed they were descendants of the sun god, and that they were the superior race in Asia, that all were... Uh, much lower class than the Japanese. It was their destiny to rule over all of Asia. They honestly believed that. Finally, number four, the new tolerance is not livable. It's not livable. You can't live it out. One of the ways to test a belief system or a worldview is to test the practice. Can you live it out consistently? Not perfectly, but consistently. Can you live this thing out? Now, I was in a church, and it was one of these new, what they call uh, postmodern, churches or whatever, and, and the guy was waxing eloquent about how there's no such thing as truth, it's all about the story, everything is relative, uh, morality is relative, lifestyles are relative, all beliefs are equally valid and true, okay? that all ethical systems are relative, we should tolerate all lifestyles, okay? no matter what they may be, all right? they're all equally valid and true, and this is one of the guys that was on the church staff, all right? So he said, all beliefs are equally valid and true. We should, we should tolerate all lifestyles. So he was waxing eloquent on that. I asked a few questions, but he insisted on his position. Well, we went to IHOP um, right after the Bible study. We went to IHOP, and as soon as we walked in, a group of college students looked at us and yelled and said, Ching Chong Chinaman, Ching 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 Ching, and started making all these racial slams at us. And we sat down, and I looked at him, and he was mad. He was hot. You know, he stood over there and he said, we need to go over there and talk to him. You know, and I looked over there and I, and, and I said, oh, why? And he said, well, those were racial comments. And uh, being racially prejudiced is wrong. And I said, oh, really? I said, well, they believe it's okay. Shouldn't we tolerate all values and beliefs as equally valid and true? And he sat there for a while and he was totally quiet. And then I said, there are ethical absolutes, aren't they? Aren't there? Right? I said, racism is wrong for us, and racism is wrong for them. They should be held accountable okay, for acting inappropriately. 
right? And he sat there for a while, quiet, and then he finally sat down. You know, he had nothing to say for the rest of the night. Okay? It's not livable to say there are no absolute truths, that there are no ethical absolutes, that all value systems are equal and valid and should not be judged or critiqued, that all lifestyles are equally valid and true. Jesus taught us to judge between right and wrong. Jesus judged right and wrong. You look in Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 20. Jesus says here, Watch out for false prophets. Jesus called some teachers and their teaching false teachings and false teachers. Hey, Jesus judged teachings to be true or false. So we're not to set ourselves as superior to others and see ourselves above judgment. Remember, if we hold people to the standard of the Bible, we too are saying we are holding ourselves accountable to the standard of the Bible. And finally, remember, expect hostility from the culture for your message. We often forget that in a sinful, fallen world, we live in a world that's opposed to God's truth and people who are going to stand for God's truth. Truth is not always easy to teach, to live, and to preach and proclaim. It's not always popular. But we're called by God to courageously love God and to love one another and to love those around us. That may often mean presenting a message Thanks, Pat, and we appreciate you being with us today. If you think a show like Evidence and Answers should be on the air, a show that explores today's worldviews and gives reasons for faith in Christ, then help us keep it happening. Whenever you download or order our resources, you not only equip yourself, but you help provide us a way to rock the culture with some good news. That's evidenceandanswers.org. This is Kevin Harris for Pat Zuckerin. God bless and see you.